I need to get rid of this pen that I'm playing with or else I'm going to be clicking around on it and making noise in the background. And also get my phone off of the granite countertop for when it buzzes. Mute my Apple Watch. Okay, I think we're not going to make any sounds. Except now the ice maker is going to be like... Yeah, that sounds right. Here, I will even turn off my second monitor in a show of solidarity. Don't need to see those work emails coming in. Howdy, it's Wednesday, April 20th, 2022, and this is episode 171 of Do For A Win, the Atlantic City Casino Biz Podcast. I'm Kyle Eskin, joined, as always, by Craig Stone. What's good, Craig? Matt Bridger, Vegas vlogger extraordinaire, is currently in Las Vegas, and that makes my evenings extra good, because after the kids go to bed, watch 45 minutes of slot videos. That's what I want in <laughs> I my just life. love that you can't get enough of slot videos. Yeah. The problem with them is that, you know, you th- they make you think that bonuses happen all the time and it's like i should really be betting five dollars a spin that's where the real bonus money is it's not a good idea yeah i think there's probably some editing that happens i say having never seen a slot video (laughs) oh yes they only show the bonuses that's the whole idea so so what makes one slot video person better than another then it seems like it should be pretty easy to like it seems like a pretty cookie cutter you can't just do slot stuff you've got to like walk around Uh, show the city so there's some like it's like some percentage vlog some percentage slot video yeah have some show show some of the city have some personality about it have it be like you know at least 40 percent trip report Uh if you're just showing slots like i might as well just play slots on my computer then yeah gotta get those win slots on your phone yeah, I've been, I haven't, I've been slacking on the win slots. You haven't never been going to go to Vegas. Never going to Vegas. No, I haven't been playing. Because I realized I'll never be able to get the rooms with the points, so I stopped. Disappointing. They, they jacked up the, the prices per room so that it's just like an impossible right. amount. After I had already sunk like, you know, 60 hours into it, so it's good. All right. Do you want to tell us what happened in 1871? Because this seems like a doozy. It was a fun one. Uh, interesting one to read from the August 4th, 1871 edition of the New York Times. The poisoning case at Atlantic City is the little mini headline. The wholesale poisoning of guests at the Alhambra Hotel. They spell it A-L-A-M-B-R-A, but everywhere else I think it's the Alhambra. Yeah. It is supposed that the poison was in the sugar used in floating island pudding served at the dinner. About 50 guests were rendered very ill. It was supposed that the sugar was poisoned by the cook who had been discharged from the Alhambra on Saturday, but returned on Sunday for a short time. It seems like if you fire someone, you shouldn't let them back the next day. Maybe maybe this is the case that led to that standard. Mm. Yeah, maybe they didn't figure that out before. Could yeah. be. They do list every person that got sick in the New York Times, which I thought was amazing. It also just sounds to me like this is a Hardy Boys or like Nancy Drew case and not a real thing that happened. And then the follow-up, which is even better, August 5th update... The Philadelphia Post takes some shots at the New York Times, and so the Times has to update, saying, The Philadelphia Post insists that the poisoning of over 50 persons at the Alhambra, now they're getting it right, Hotel Atlantic City, New Jersey, was not caused by the revengeful act of a discharged cook, but was the result of the ignorance of one who, preparing the dessert, used an overdose of the oil of almonds. And then it goes into all this detail about, like, oh, you have to, you know, get the extract just right, or else in its raw form it's poisonous. It's ridiculous. It's like the Simpsons episode with the blowfish. The sushi? Was it blowfish yeah. sushi? Yeah. Yeah, it was blowfish. Yep. 
maybe this is like an old school incident instance of like vegas where the whole city conspires to hide anything bad that happens and, and could be yeah 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 certainly in atlantic city right now everyone just like revels every time anything bad happens but i could imagine a world where atlantic city is more important where there's yeah. actually like power <laughs> behind trying not to cover things up yeah uh the vengeful cook story is much more exciting and much more hardy boys the, yeah. the, the updated version mm, that's no fun yeah, I mean, it was quite the story. It was a good one. Uh, 1971, Stockton State College, which you now know as Stockton University, opened with classes housed at the Mayflower Hotel at Tennessee Avenue and the Boardwalk. Is it like the location of current day Casino Control Commission? Oh. Uh, yeah, it seems it could be that so. side. It could be the other side of that. I don't know. Mm. Was, was there like Stewart's or something? <laughs> yeah. A- uh, they're still building the main campus in Galloway Township, but, you know, Stockton back in Atlantic City now and started in Atlantic City. So that's interesting. We actually talked about the Mayflower Hotel 10 episodes ago because in 1961, they've opened the first health spa in the city. Is that also where that fake French model was? I don't think so. Oh, that was in a solarium, I think. Uh-huh. Not at the Mayflower, though. Yeah. Hmm. If you have your spreadsheet of all of our history stuff... You will have immediately said, oh, yeah, I remember the Mayflower yes. from 10 episodes ago. And surely all of our listeners do. So I, I don't understand why you wouldn't. You should have all of the what's good, like every every <laughs> episode's what's good, all of the history data. I think those are the main things. Probably the uh, Boardwalk Empire full recap. Yeah. Just clip that out of the episode and put it, put a straight, file straight, link into the spreadsheet. Yeah. Just be dropping your wave file snippets yeah. right into the spreadsheet. It's, it's perfect. We need a MIDI version of our theme song. I think that's <laughs> the, next, the next step. Someone make that for us. Yeah, so if someone makes it for us, you will be instantly upgraded yeah. to our highest Patreon tier. And we'll change the logo to an 8-bit logo. That'd be great. <laughs> All right. So anything else going on? It seems like the next thing on the spreadsheet is, or the, the agenda is better for you to talk about. The sure. I, I think I'm going on the other side of midnight with Frank Morano tonight or well, tomorrow morning at three 30 in the morning. Good. Uh, just waiting for confirmation on that. That's on 77 WABC. This episode will almost certainly not be up by then. So I expect there will just be a link in the show notes. So I expect it'll be more talk about our recent trip, probably more, you know, me being effusive about the Lucky Snake Arcade. And I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, man. You got to make us that Lucky Snake money. I do. Payable in... Credits. Eat Atlantic City gift cards or oh, whatever, yeah, whatever yeah. the place is called. Atlantic City Eatery. That's yeah. true. We can get so much nachos. Uh, do you have any further thoughts on the last trip? You, now that it's marinated? I mean, you didn't do anything between then and now. So nothing's interfered with those thoughts. No, it was a good trip. I don't have too many other thoughts. I'm thinking about the bagel we had in the morning. That seemed pretty good. Get some wings from Piccolelli. That's also good. How, so now that you've gone to Europe, to, yep. to England and Romania. Yep. To the den. Would you say the whole time you were there, you were just thinking, I wish I was in Atlantic City right now, eating hot bagels and more? Uh, hot bagels and more is good. I wish I was in hot bagels and more watching Craig getting passed by everyone in line because he doesn't <laughs> do anything. Yeah. Couldn't do that in, in England. <laughs> Well, England, the the lines are like way too, you know, like of, official or whatever. You would, you can't, you like have to get in the queue and then, yeah. And that would be perfect for me. Yeah, it's it's more your your speed, I think. I like Strangely, it. you were born in England, so maybe true. It's... Matt Bridger also from England. Full circle, whole episode yeah. comes around, uh, and that's it. That's the whole episode. Yeah, I was thinking though. I was thinking about our last trip, and uh-huh. I weirdly 
was thinking that the things I'm excited about for next trip are playing at Ocean and hanging out at Ocean and mm-hmm. getting another giant ice cream well, sandwich that made me not feel good. I've heard rumors that there is a yeah. room booked for three nights in Ocean. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. Drinking at Nola's. I mean, so you're really actually just thinking about how much you want a birthday cake ice cream sandwich. Yeah. And and then to not feel good. And going back to the Lucky Snake, playing a bunch of pinball, playing some crane games, playing some tapper, mini bowling. And then the other big thing, OutRun. I, I only played OutRun one time, and now I've got it on my Nintendo 3DS because that's how current I am that I play the Nintendo 3DS. And now I actually like understand the intricacies of OutRun, so I have to go play on the real arcade machine. Mm. I only have a regular DS. so Oh, you're real old school. Yeah, man. Very old school. So I had this weird thought in my head. I, mean, I have to admit, this is probably because I haven't had a winning trip in a very long time. <laughs> Welcome to the club. But I had the thought of, would I have just as much fun going to Atlantic City, treating Lucky Snake like a casino, and just like going and buying beers from the bars at the Lucky Snake, and playing at the arcade all day, and then doing no gambling? Would I have just as much fun and lose significantly less money and spend significantly less money? I, I mean, that's not really something I can answer for you. <laughs> I mean, I know what the answer is for me, but... I was like trying to plan it out in my head of how it would work. And I think the things that I was thinking was, if there's a big sports game on, hockey playoffs, NBA playoffs, Premier League Saturday or Sunday, sitting in the big sports bar area, walking around and playing games, and then... I don't know. In the evening, I guess you'd go to like Orange Loop and then go back and stay at the showboat, I guess. The problem is, I think after like two hours or three hours of just being in the arcade, I'd be like, I'm done with this. I need a video poker machine and a comped cocktail. And I would end up at resorts. Mm -hmm. Which is actually, I mean, you could do that too. Like you could just go and not put in a card and lose way less money on your trip. But this is one of those like total hypotheticals that popped into my head. That was like, I should do that. I'm never going to do that. But the fact that it even pops into my head, I think, again, makes me have a lot of hope that the Lucky Snake is going in the right direction. Once that water park opens, gangbusters. Which is that on our agenda? Apparently, I, I've seen that things may be happening at the water park. I oh, see really? it's not, but yes, rumor has it. We'll, we'll find out more and report back next episode. But So Justin S. asks, if the Lucky Snake is actually good, does that mean that we have to stop making fun of Bart Blatstein on the show? No, no. Of course not. I don't. I think I think we have to see the water park happen and not be an embarrassment. I uh, think I, I think that has to happen. I, I want to be clear, by the way, that that this is not like do for a win's opinion. This is one member of do for a win's opinion, and the other member is is perhaps wondering like really how much all these twenty five dollar gift cards are going straight to the first member's heads. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, can be bought. It can be bought. <laughs> One twenty-five dollar game card at a time. I think. I mean, I go. I, I go to like Barcade in New York. I meet my one local friend at the Barcade, and like that's what we do in an evening. So it's not like you know going and playing retro arcade games is like my idea of a good time. So it's not that out of character for me. I'm not going to pretend like the Atlantic City eatery was some gourmet thing. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't very good. Yes. I'd actually go so far as to say it was pretty bad. But for the the Bart question, I mean, he has no credit in the bank. No, uh, so so y- the Lucky Snake being acceptable and to me now like actually pretty fun above acceptable. That doesn't quite get it to where you know the the failures still outweigh 
the successes to me. Mm-hmm. But Water Park would be a game changer and would weirdly make, I think, Showboat one of the most important properties <laughs> in AC in a weird way. Like, in terms of shifting the, the like, demographic and shifting the, the entertainment options. But so that actually has to happen first. Off-season, are you going to stay one night at the Showboat or something? I feel like you need to. I would say, yeah, I mean, I remember really liking the rooms. I, I'm guessing they've barely been touched. I'm sure they're terrible now. Mm, yeah. It's really, the big thing for a lot of places in AC, and really just hotels in general, is like, it's not necessarily the room quality. Like, a lot of places have decent yeah, I agree. rooms. It's like upkeep, right? Yeah, it's the upkeep. It's like little touches and little, like, service things that, that go wrong. No, it's 100% just, like, upkeep and, like... How much they care, basically. And I and and I would have no confidence in none in that. zero. We are talking about Bart Blatstein. So that's that's the last trip talk. Still talking yep. about it a month later. What about an next trip? So there have been rumors, though I've seen that the email thread has gone nowhere since I've been gone and came back. Correct. That we're going to be going maybe the first weekend in June. Is this true? What is what is your confidence level of this? We already have a, a room booked. We have one room booked. We have five people who said that they would go. Yep. I mean, that's more than we ever get on that's, a trip. So I think that's a quorum. And I would say, like, for me, the most important thing uh, about next trip, you know, with you talking about how Lucky Snake is the most important <laughs> thing, is getting people out like our friends. I think that would be good. As much as I love you, I think having more people is good. Yeah. I mean, the really nice thing about having more people is it's much easier to sort of split off into groups and someone says, hey, I want to do this. And whoever wants to do that goes along. Whereas the two of us, you're stuck with my weird passiveness and, you know, sitting at a slot machine or not even (laughs) sitting at a slot machine. No, just wandering around looking at the slot machines over and over. It's what I like. I mean, I do think we've gotten better at just splitting off from each other and doing whatever, but it is more fun to have another person with you to do these things. It'll be good, I think. Especially if more than just me and you go, which is up in the air. The best is going to be when it's five of us and it's still just like you splitting off and doing your own thing yes. and four of us going and doing the so, Lucky Snake so Arcade. I think if you and your brother go, you should see if maybe he can get an ocean room too. I'm not sure, but... Yeah, he is out. Oh, he's out? Yeah. I thought so. he said he was he was in and he just needed to do something Friday and be back on Sunday. No, he can't actually get out of it. <sighs> Very weak. Because he would have been very into the Lucky Snake thing if the if the cart track was open. Yeah, he could he could spank me in carts. I'm getting like okay rates at Trop, but that would be very much at the opposite end. Right, and I probably can call, and I, I maybe should get Nugget. a room at Nugget, but that is also <laughs> not close to Ocean. <laughs> We're going to be scattered all over Creation. I expect that as it gets closer, Dave and I combined will be able to get a good rate. But get get a Caesar's room or something. So or, are you you booked? I booked Thursday I can, through Sunday. And again, I don't I don't think I'm staying oh. Saturday night probably. But you do think you'll go Thursday Friday? I think so. Depending on when other people go, it seems like our other one of our other friends is probably going to do like one night. It yeah. seemed like. Yes. So I assume that well, and it might be more than one person that only does Friday night. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if no one ends up staying until Sunday. Oh. But we'll see. Surely you will. In which case, will... I would stay in that ocean room and yes. <laughs> do the same thing I did last trip, which would be great. Yeah. I'd totally, totally be on board with that. Anything else about that trip? We'll probably have no, more we'll, details we'll have in more, the episodes you know, coming ho- up. Hopefully, yeah, I'll try to kick that email thread back off again to actually see what people want to do. 
I think nothing our friends want to do more, our friends who don't even listen to the podcast, than... Dave listens. Massive do for a win group meetup. Yes, Dave does listen, right? Yeah, if you're thinking about coming uh, the weekend of the 5th, I think we definitely can meet up. The meetup will be at the Atlantic City Eatery at the Lucky Snake. It can be back to our first meetup, and we can do it at the Mountain Bar Palace. No, Atlantic City Eatery at the All right. (laughs) Anyway, there will be more to come, I think. Yeah. Kind of big news, sort of, I guess. Probably for some of you, big news. Uh, For our friend Dave, yeah. has backtracked on all the people they kicked out of Diamond over the last couple months and moved everyone back into Diamond, but made it extremely clear that this was going to be the last year and do not expect this to ever happen again. People who were Diamond and then downgraded to Gold have been re-upgraded back to Diamond. So, I don't know. Any thoughts? Yeah, I'll link to the article on milestalk.com. Like I said, said, our friend Dave has been re-upgraded. He was very angry about the downgrade. And now, now it's all fine. Totally fine. There's a lot of assumption that, you know, something forced them to do this, like, you know, some sort of gaming control commission or something was like, hey, you can't change the terms of this deal. Uh, Although I'm a little skeptical of that no, because, that like... This has nothing to do with gaming. Right. There's a, there's been a bunch of, like, you yeah. know, Bally's taking your dinner. Yeah. No, and that's that's worse. People and that's more closely related dollars. to gaming than, like, yeah. your status level or whatever. I'm I'm assuming it's just a, was just a wave of negative feedback yes, that they decided to. I, I think to. so. I think that... Yeah they just decided to so that's that fine cool i mean good for them i'm sure there are other ways to backdoor into this thing in the future yeah i mean you can still get whatever founder's card or something if you really want like the old days but that's true we have an email question all right two email questions go ahead i have not even read them yet so (laughs) so these emails are like a month old i'll say actually probably more than a month old uh they are from february 16th two months old Ooh, from pat g uh, who is currently working on going through the entire back catalog of Do For A Win. Our podcast doesn't seem like a good one to go through the back catalog of, but more power to you. I'm a completionist, so I can mm. appreciate the effort. So he asks, or, well, it, yeah, sort of asks, I don't know. Uh, it says, so for as long as I've been going to AC, one area I've never really understood well with table games and beverage service is what form of tipping is preferred and how those tips or sh- are shared or not among staff. So bottom line, he wants to know how tips are shared on the casino floor, um, and he said that would be interesting for him to understand. So I don't know. You might have more insight into this than me. Here's my what I believe to be true, though my confidence level is probably not that high, maybe 75% <laughs> or something. I think the uh, – do they? Does the wait staff split tips at the end of the night, or are they kept themselves? I Actually, I don't know. I think at table games, though – Almost always, those tips are split among the entire crew, more or less. Uh, I'm not sure about waitstaff. What do you think? Yeah, dealers absolutely split tips. I, yes. I, that seems like the Except consensus. Except for poker dealers, which I think absolutely do not oh, split tips for the most part. Yeah, Waitstaff, I, I couldn't find any concrete data on. that, And I could see that going either way. It could be property by property. I'm not really sure. So, so I don't know, you know, if you give a waitress a dollar, like, does she keep that dollar or does that go... Among the whole wait staff, I don't know. So, so I, mean, I couldn't find anything that really confirmed that either way. I saw some stuff hinting that tips are pooled, but again, I would think for wait staff, it would be better for everyone if tips were not pooled because they don't. I wouldn't think it would have exactly the same problem as with table games, like where someone hits a jackpot. There's like a ten thousand dollar tip or whatever, and like yeah. obviously that's like 
kind of luck of the draw, it makes more sense for tips to be pulled there. But, you know, while certainly if you're working in the high limit room, like maybe you're getting slightly bigger tips, it's not going to be exactly the same thing. So and it incentivizes good service because that seems like it's more of a person by person thing where if someone just decides they don't want to walk around as much, if tips are pulled at the end of the night, that's not great incentive wise. Yeah. Yeah, and he made that point too that like his sense would be that if if the wait staff was pooling tips, that then you're not incentivizing good service there. Right, you're not incentivizing people to actually walk around and and give people drinks. So maybe we can just guess based on the service, which <laughs> <laughs> yes, certainly I've been in plenty of places where the service is just terrible. So I I I think you're right. I would believe that they probably are pooled, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. But certainly we have listeners that would know about this certainly more specifically than than we do so write in let us know yeah especially if you've worked as a server in any of these places it would be good to, yeah. to hear from you uh so then he followed up the other big topic of interest for me is what form of tipping is preferred and i think we've touched on this a little bit uh when it comes to table games i'm a craps and blackjack player mostly then video poker with craps if i'm starting to win i'll bet the dealers on the point then on the number my combat is on i don't know if they feel more rewarded with a straight tip right to them for blackjack, I usually play for them as well. But again, I've never asked, and I have a feeling the answer I'd get is, it's your money, you decide. <laughs> but mathematically, deep down, I think they would prefer a straight tip, given the odds. Yeah, so they actually talk about this a decent bit on You Can Bet On That, which right. if you aren't super familiar with, I would highly recommend you listen to it. It's a very, very good gambling podcast. Um, but I believe that what they say, which I think is true, is like, at some level, I think most dealers sort of like the action. And so, like, I think they're either pretty neutral or if they do have a strong preference, like, I think many dealers would like to kind of be in on the action or whatever. For me, you know, what I try to do is, and this is just a personal thing for me, and I don't know if dealers would like this or are not like this. I think it's better for them in the long run. I'm someone that tips quite consistently, whether or not I'm winning so many players you will they will won't be tipping and then they'll tip five dollars at a time or 25 dollars at a time or whatever if they're having a good session and for me like i pretty generally put a dollar out like most hands of pie gal let's say or whatever or you know put a dollar on on a few of the points for the dealers and craps or or however it is so that's that's what i tend to do but i know it's probably more common that people will just throw the dealers five dollars every now and then if things are going well and don't tip at all beyond that or probably really the most common thing is that just people don't tip but yeah I you should think, tip the dealers yeah i think at the, for the most part they probably appreciate any level of yes. tipping like i think like you said we've been at tables where you and i are the only people oh, tipping at all uh, i don't want to you know maybe you can or can't draw larger conclusions from this but like i will say legitimately like when i'm at a tiles table like I, I may be the only person that, uh, other than maybe, you know, you guys or other people I know that have I've ever seen tip a dealer at a tiles table. Yeah, I mean, I think you do see the other form of tipping that you see is when people cash out, they will throw a ship mm -hmm. to the dealer as they leave. I think that that's something that some of our friends do. I usually I yeah, yeah. actually do that a lot instead of just tipping regularly throughout, although I've sort of shifted more to like tipping a dollar on you know, every, every other hand or something like that. I certainly tip less than you do. Uh, -huh. uh, but yeah, I think the big thing is for the most part, the dealers just appreciate any amount of tips. Yeah. I have, I think I was playing blackjack once and putting a dollar for the dealer and it just kept losing over and over again. 
And then at one point, the dealer was like, said, so, made some sort of like snide comment about it. Like, how about just give me the dollar the next time or something? And it's like, well, that doesn't make me want to tip. No. <laughs> but I think I mean, it's just I, sort of like, you know, bad I luck. I will say, say many, many times I've had, and this does come up more in blackjack where, you know, you'll try to tip a few times or whatever. And like, you lose those hands and I've had dealers be like, yeah, it's just not, don't do, don't do that. It's not worth it or whatever. <laughs> like, just don't yeah. tip me if you're going to lose. And it's just like. I don't think that's really how it works, but right. thanks for caring, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's always a little weird to me. But I, definitely at the craps table, like putting one on all the numbers, the dealers 100% appreciate that. And, you know, yep. when it hits, they thank you and everything. Um, I mean, it's detrimental to your EV. But <laughs> sure, yeah. Flushing $6 down, down the yeah. drain every... every On a $15 table, yeah. It's going to yeah. make a huge difference. But, but if you care about tipping... That's the way to do it. And I'm not, you know, I don't judge anybody for the amount they tip. I just say, tip something, please. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It seems like, let's say I could give a dealer, like in tiles or pike out poker, like a pretty slow game with a lot of pushes. Like, could you give them a dollar every hand with an outcome or whatever? And like, yeah, you could, but that's sort of boring. Yeah. Put a dollar out there and, you know, they'll get $2 if they win and $0 if you lose. Right. It's more exciting. Yeah. I mean, what I typically do also is if I end up with less than $10 after I color up in some amount of chips, I just throw them those chips also, mm -hmm. which, you know, if you've been sitting at a table for two hours, it's not a very good tip, <laughs> but it's sort of an amount that it's like, this is not worth it for me to get at the cage and they would appreciate it. So here's a token. <laughs> I mean, you know, it doesn't really take them that much longer to cash you out like 107 than 100 or whatever. But then I got to put those little bills in my wallet and I don't want those. <laughs> it's not real money. Yeah. Should we talk about data, the good stuff? Yeah, we could talk about data. We have two sets of data. Yeah, I'm, I'm not prepared. I don't know oh, no. the, uh, the spreadsheet up, but you can talk about the data while I pull up the spreadsheet. Okay, so the first set of data we have is March 2022 revenue. I mean, we've said this months in a row now that it's like sort of more of the same percentage-wise, actually, year over year. And I think we're to a point where year over year is kind of comparing apples to apples. Bally's was the biggest gainer, up 36%. TROP was actually the worst. They were only up 0.7%. So nobody was down from March of 2020. Uh, Dollar-wise, Borgata, number one, shockingly, $55 million. Hard Rock second, $39.3 million. Ocean third, 25.4. At the other side, we have Golden Nuggets bringing up the rear with $12.6 Just behind Resorts at 13 and Bally's at 13.5. And then, you know, that cluster in the middle of like... 18 to 20 something with Caesars, Trap, all the Harris, usual suspects there. So mm -hmm. Caesars, Trap, Harris, the Eldorado properties. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really like 17% up from 2021. Everyone up over 2021 seems relatively good, but seems good. about like what we've seen. You know, January was up 14% year over year. February was up huge, but February 2021 was a disaster. So. I don't know. It all seems very similar. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> February 2021, there was a big COVID. That's, yeah. yeah it, and it also seems like, yeah, fairly similar to what we're seeing mm -hmm. compared to like pre-COVID. Yeah. Like it's down a little bit from pre-COVID, but not a lot. Yeah. And this is all brick and mortar, as we always say. Right. No, it looks looks good. I'll be interested to see maybe if uh, Bally's can stay ahead of like resorts and Golden Nugget. It, it seems like... They are trying harder to bring in uh, new players and stuff, but yeah, we'll we'll see how it shakes out in the next couple months. Other than that, it's basically as you said, 
more or less the properties that we say have been doing well have been doing well the ones that we claim have not been doing well like el dorado have not really been doing well well relatively speaking they're still doing fairly well but not as well as some other casinos (laughs) yeah Uh, and we're sort of we're getting into you know this ends q1 we're gonna get into q2 where things start to pick up a little bit although i think they you don't really see an increase until like june I mean, really july yeah. is when it Ju- july really is the big up. july and august are the two real big months certainly my prediction is i think we'll we'll have a better q2 than we had in 2020 <laughs> <laughs> zeros across the board a zero dollar q2 yeah. yes uh last year's q2 was actually not horrible so it'll be interesting to see how it compares to last year's q2 um i mean april was like not very good but yeah i i think it'll i think we'll pretty comfortably beat uh last year's q2 so like we beat last year's Q1 by 25% almost. But uh, last year's Q1, like I said, there was, I mean, even this year we had we had Omicron a bit in, in January, which made it not a great month. But uh, yeah, in 2021, there was also a big COVID outbreak and people yeah. weren't really vaccinated yet. So they cared more. So 2021 profits also came out. Mm-hmm. And I'll just read the nut graph for the journalism folks, the most important part from the Wayne Perry Associated Press. <laughs> I'm article. not familiar with that word, but. Yeah, man. Sounds That's good. all they talk about in journalism school. <laughs> got to make sure you get – all you got to read is like the second or third paragraph. It has all the information. Uh, collectively, the nine casinos earned $766.8 million in 2021, far eclipsing the $117.5 million they made in 2020. <laughs> For probably obvious reasons. Yeah. But he also makes the point that this exceeded 2019, which was the year before COVID. And in that year – the casinos earned $594 million. I went back and I looked at the 2009 article and it said that they, the profits were 613 so I'm assuming there have been some adjustments or something. Probably. Since yeah, then. I know. They, they go back and revise stuff all the time. Yeah. So I, like a lot of our month-by-month data is actually, you know. Probably technically wrong because yeah. it's been revised <laughs> and we just update it when the first batch comes up. Yeah. So we're all of our like comparisons are by first reported data. We'll say that to cover our asses, I guess. Uh, so... Some of the points that are in this article or in this data is that Bally's was the only casino out of the nine that reported an operating loss of $13 million. They lost twice that amount in 2020, which actually I'm sort of surprised it was only twice that amount in 2020. Um, the article compares a lot of 2021 to 2020, but I went back and looked at all the 2019 data. Again, this is like before any adjustments, just for a more direct comparison. Because then, you know, a lot of the way people are talking about it is in comparison to 2019 pre-pandemic. So, uh, Borgata made 174 million in 2021. They made 209.5 in 2019. It's actually down a decent amount. Um, like almost or over 10%, I guess. Tropicana in second. As much as we have said, Tropicana has been disappointing. Here are their profit numbers. $118.7 million, up from 86.8 in 2019. Hard Rock, $107 million, obviously one of the success stories. 2019 was their first full year in operation. They made $38.5 million. Harris, $99 million, up from 90.8 in 2019. Ocean, $91 million, up from $6.7 million in 2019. Obviously their first year in operation and they were it took them a while to get going caesar's 62 million uh down a tiny bit from 66.2 in 2019 golden nugget 35.5 which is down a decent amount from 47 million uh resorts 27.6 up from 17.6 million in 2019 bally's actually posted a 27.5 million dollar profit in 2019 but i think that was when they were still caesar's yeah, and now they've posted a thirteen million dollar loss. Well, Bally's is always going to be much more profitable when they're Caesars because 
they got to take all the profits from Wild Wild West and yes. they didn't have to pay any oh. of the cost of extra rooms and stuff Correct. because that's in. So, yeah, I think Bally's, just by how it was, was always going to be way more profitable while it was still Caesars. Uh, is this uh, Eldorado Redemption? We've shit on them a lot. And Tropicana uh, but, in second but, place. Hera's in fourth. I mean, I mean, in what way? Like, are we rooting for them to make as much money as possible? or <laughs> While shafting players yeah, and, like, and making the like, product worse? Okay, like, their revenues are going way down, but they're more profitable, and, like, we're supposed to be excited about that? or? Yeah, man. We're, all we care about, this is a capitalist society, all we care about is how well the businesses are doing. No, it's it's bullshit. Shareholder value mantra. El, El Dorado is not redeemed. That's the answer to your question. <laughs> They're a shitty operator who's doing a shitty job with their properties. But making more money than they did in 2019. Sure. But it's not sustainable with revenues always going down. I agree with that. But we operate in a society... <laughs> <laughs> we live in a society, we live in a society. <laughs> where short-term stuff is always valued and they got their short-term profit gains man yeah, that's why yeah. it's always it's always good for a company to just lay off a whole slew of workers to improve profits for like one yeah. quarter that's always no. good for you i learned that in my mba it's, it's true that's what is that what's that called the manager's dilemma or something uh anyways that's not what it's called i can't remember my mba was a long time ago so there's a Joe Lupo quote in this article that I thought was very interesting. And he says, you take Hard Rock and Ocean out and the other seven properties are flat since 2019. That's discouraging. Is it? Uh, you, you could do your, I have, I have very strong feelings about this, but. I will admit like the other seven properties, Borgata is actually down a decent amount. Everyone else yep. is kind of around where they were in 2019, up a little, down a little. I don't think that this is a bad thing. Like, if you say everybody's doing the same thing as 2019, but two new casinos came in and they did really well, how is that discouraging? Because 2018, we had seven properties before June when Hard Rock and Ocean opened. All we heard in 2017 and 2018 as these properties were ramping up to open Hard Rock and Ocean was... Are they going to be able to grow the pie? The casino industry in Atlantic City is right-sized at seven properties. Now this is definitely going to cause a property to close, which I didn't even think was necessarily like the worst thing in the world if, if you replaced a bad property with two good properties. And now what we're seeing is the pie has indisputably grown. And at the time, it was like you couldn't even argue with it. Everybody was like, oh, this is, you know, my straw man argument, everybody. <laughs> but it was seen as just like fact that the pie would not grow significantly enough to have two new properties not hurt the rest of the properties and obviously we don't know like how these seven properties would have done if hard rock and ocean weren't there so you could say well oh they would have made the extra 29 percent anyway and they would have been split among the seven properties but what we're seeing is the seven properties that were there between 2014 and 2018 have the same amount of pie that they had before <laughs> and the pie has grown now by a data point that we absolutely have which is like 25 to 30 percent and hard rock and ocean are doing well so this seems like an indisputably good thing like i don't see any way to spin this as discouraging and it's super weird to me <laughs> that this got that that anybody's trying to spin this as a negative it just seems very very odd to me to try to spin this as a negative i mean for one thing it's weird that joe lupo is saying this given that he runs hard rock or whatever right <laughs> so like I, I don't know what the point is i mean i know what the point is because they're like begging for more tax cuts and stuff and right. saying they're gonna just have to lay everyone off if they don't get it but that is also bullshit 
but yeah i think that this is like baseball owners crying poor and like yeah. you know you never want to say like oh we're doing gangbusters over here everything's going great because you may need to go ask the state for some some right. funds right like, which, which the casinos are are currently delay lay off everyone right now if they don't get another huge tax cut which again is ridiculous but, but it's it's just frustrating that you know i've seen other things saying like oh you know the the gambling revenue is up but but brick and mortar is still pretty stagnant since 2019 mm-hmm. it's like why are we trying to spin this good data as a bad no. thing? I, I like I don't understand it. I feel like this is an argument that people make about sports teams. Like, oh, if you take the two best players off of a sports team, yeah. that team would suck. And it's like, what's well, a team sport? They're on the team. <laughs> crap about the stock market too. It's like, oh, if you take away the best ten days of the year or whatever, like the stock market was down this year when it was up ten percent. But like, you can't do that. And like, I understand this isn't totally the same since Hard Rock and Ocean are new properties, but. I mean, you can a little bit, like, they have added to the pie, and they've added to the pie in a big way. It's the second and third biggest casinos in Atlantic City, right? And you can't de-aggregate them from everything else. The second and third biggest casinos without really damaging the profits right. of the uh, the rest of the casinos, which is crazy. Like, right. if, if you had said in May of 2018, before Hard Rock and Ocean opened, that three, four years from now, we're going to see... Every, all of the seven existing casinos do the same basically as they did before and that these new casinos would be two and three in Atlantic City. Right. You would snatch that person's hand off to take that deal. Yeah, that this is fundamentally a great thing for Atlantic City. I mean, like it's unquestionable they're bringing more people into the town. It's unquestionable there's, you know, more tax revenues and, and everything else that's happening because of these. And yeah, other properties aren't even hurt. I also I don't understand that I mean I don't know why again I, I don't know why like you said I don't know why Joe Lupo is making this argument because it sort of echoes something that we heard with the the growing the pie argument which is ba- like this underlying idea that the seven existing properties the seven properties that existed in 2017 have some innate right to all the casino revenue or all the profit <laughs> in Atlantic City and that just doesn't make any sense like they have no. some right to just not have any competition Yeah man and it doesn't make any sense. Like if you if you like Atlantic City and you want Atlantic City to get better, you want better properties to come in. Right. I mean, not, nothing would be as exciting for me as – I mean, it's been this way always. I, I don't think it's a secret that New Jersey is a pretty corrupt place and Atlantic City especially has been a pretty corrupt place in the past. But something like, you know, when original Hard Rock was supposed to come in and they had to make some rules because there's like very specific rules around what who can have a casino and like how big the hotel has to be and and all that stuff like i think they were gonna buy the chelsea right yeah any new pro uh i think it was no south of that it was even south of uh the atlanta club it was down near where albany comes in where stockton is these days but yeah any of these new things coming in that's going to bring interest in the city like that is just a good thing for the city and i think that new jersey and atlantic city have kind of been shooting themselves in the foot with like how they've been regulating this and preventing the city from growing and in a lot of ways yeah it just seems funny that like the conventional wisdom at the time was like the pie will not grow enough Mm -hmm. to support nine casinos which it absolutely has like how do you spin this as negative it's just so weird (laughs) i mean casinos are going hat in hand saying they need big tax cuts or casinos are closing so yeah, I, yeah, and I think it's something like he says that, and then you take it at face value and say like, "Oh, that is true." Like that, if you do take out those two things, but like, no, why are you just taking that at face value? It is not right. discouraging. It's a good thing. No, it's good. This is great data. Be happy about it. Go Atlantic City, number one. Rah rah rah. Yeah, I mean, 
I agree. I think Atlantic City is just a much, much better place than it was, you know, four years ago or whatever. So. Yep. Agree completely. I mean, think about how different that part of the boardwalk is, how much yeah. more you want to go up there now. Oh, yeah. How that's like, become basically like the center. Of, and and of before boardwalk. it was, it was what, resorts only, right? For a little while when Showboat, Revel, and, uh, Taj were all closed. Right. Yeah. Resorts was kind of way, resorts was sort of in the trop yeah. situation now where like trop is way down on its own. You know, the, b- before Orange Loop, especially like there wasn't right. even as much there. to do around there as there is to do around trop. So, right. Yeah. It's a, in a really bad state. And now it's like in the thick of it. It's, it's got a connected walkway. It's the best place to be to, right, right now. Yeah. It's, yeah it's got a connected walkway to Hard Rock. You walk outside and you're right on Orange Loop, which is where a ton of good stuff is. Uh, you know, you don't have to walk far to, to, ocean you actually don't have to walk all that far to caesars like it's just so it is yeah. as central i think as you can get in terms of being in the middle of the action i, I agree and we, we we did um way back when for pat g who's going through a back catalog when we did kind of one of our best of episodes maybe like 2016 2017 something like that we had to draft casinos yeah. for various things and back then i think we both agreed like bally's was by far in the best location in atlantic city and that is just not the case anymore i think it is resorts like right now and i don't think it's terribly close yeah i think i i can't remember if we said bally's or caesar's was the best mm-hmm. i picked resorts and and it was i think the biggest detriment to my right. team like picking having the resorts location was by far the biggest like negative of the fake casino that i built yep and now like it's the best location like we said it's it's crazy how much that that's changed so i mean you see the same thing in vegas like the the shift on the strip is kind of always happening there Mm -hmm. uh so you've got to take that and look at it yeah i mean it's going what slowly northwards right now still i guess with the opening of uh resorts i mean when obviously pulled things northwards and yeah resorts world yeah so it's interesting i think i mean our friend craig was saying you kind of he feels like you kind of have to be either like way more north or way more south i'm not quite sure i agree that you need to be way more south yeah (laughs) i mean i like mandalay and delano but i I don't really i mean delano i think is nice but yeah i do anyway this isn't a vegas podcast so excalibur Excalibur. yeah you have to you have to go to luxor yeah you need to take the uh, diagonal elevators it's true so all right is that it for... That's, I, I think it's time to close it up. Yeah. So if you want to reach out to us or any of our other listeners, you can do so at our Facebook group, facebook.com slash group slash do for a win. Find all of our great content and buy a shirt at do for win.com. Send Craig questions on Twitter at do for a win or me at Kyle Laskin. And email Craig some questions to do for a win at gmail.com because we don't have any in the hopper now, apparently. Right, Craig? No, there's nothing. Good. So if you send a question two months from now, it'll be on an episode. Awesome. It's the way we do it. Anyway, Boardwalk Empire. Season finale. Yeah. Massive, massive episode. It, not really. What? I, uh, I, we, we disagree then. Okay. I don't know how you even sum up the plot, and so I certain, certainly should not sum up the plot, because I have way too many points here listed. <laughs> I mean, so to me, the big things that, that happened were, first, we got kind of an end of the Eli and Knox storyline. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Nucky kind of figured out what was going on uh, with the meeting that Eli had set him up or whatever was maybe or maybe not going to kill Eli. Uh, probably not, I think. More or less, it, it turns out that uh, Knox kind of went off the deep end and Knox confronted Eli in his home and Eli ended up killing Knox. So that's one does. He's he's now wanted for murder. So we saw at the very end of the episode, he is now in Chicago being picked up by Mueller. So should be some hijinks in Chicago. 
Yeah. I guess the other major plot line that had to be finished up, more or less, I guess there's two more major plot lines, but the Chalky and uh, Narcisse plot line actually didn't really get resolved in the way I was expecting it to be resolved. We got to see them chat a little bit, I guess, and the plan was for, I think, for Nucky and Chalky for... Uh, Harrow to try to kill Narcisse, but unfortunately, I don't know what exactly happened, but, you know, Harrow is having some cramping, as one does, I guess, to, trying to get the shot off, and waited a bit too long, and ended up shooting uh, Chalky's daughter instead. Yeah, uh, Chalky's so... daughter stepped right in front of Narcisse as the shot went off. Yep. So Narcisse so... was, like, threatening Chalky's daughter yep. uh, to get Chalky to give up the location of daughter Maitland. Right. Yeah. And then... Uh... Brutal, so brutal scene. We got to see, we got to see Harrow. Well, he also gets shot in this confrontation. We'll talk a little bit more about him in a bit. Uh, we got to see Narcisse talking to J. Edgar Hoover kind of at the end of the episode. And <laughs> it seems like he's going to be an informant against one of the major kind of black power movements or whatever. Yeah, Marcus Garvey. The States. So that happened with that. We got to see at the end of the episode, it seems like Chalky has gone back to Haver to Grace and is, you know, mulling over his, his wife with his daughter being dead now. And then the Harrow and Jimmy's mom plot line, uh, we got to see Jimmy's mom saying that, you know, it really was Jimmy that was dead in her house and not someone else. Yeah, I'm not sure. I mean, so Harrow like made a deal with Nucky. Nucky gave right. him the location of yep. Jimmy's body that got in Jillian return for him jail, sh- yeah. shooting Narcisse, I assume. Right. So, so yeah, I'm not sure why they were fleeing Atlantic City. Yep. And Harrow was supposed to meet up with them. Yeah, I don't fully understand either. But anyway, as I mentioned, Harrow got shot in the nightclub when he tried and failed to kill Narcisse. And we get to see him kind of like hallucinating at the end of the episode. So it's unclear if he will live or die. I think he'll live, but we'll oh, see. I took it to mean he was dead. But I think I was wrong the last time because I think I saw thought Jillian died at the end of a previous yes. season. Um, I took it as him being dead and like he was sort of envisioning mm. this heaven of going to Wisconsin, being with his sister and sister's husband, being with his wife and His Tommy, face not being messed up. And his, having his whole face. Yeah. And so I, I think that was the end for him. Um, but we'll, we'll see. see. We'll, we'll see, see next yep. episode. Uh, what else? Well, the other thing we, we didn't talk about is that Johnny Torrio got all shot up in Chicago, which... Yeah, as, that'll happen. Again, though, like, it's we thought like, that it was Al doing... We thought it would unclear. be Al doing this, but it's unclear. Just like it was unclear. unclear with the other... The with Al being shot guy. at... Yeah, and yeah. with the Irish guy. Yeah, so. so there's a lot unclear, and I'm assuming like that's all going to be the setup for next season. With so yeah, with I think it'll be a lot of a lot of Chicago. Yeah, especially with Eli being in Chicago now. Uh, also, Nucky was supposed to flee. He's basically going to retire and flee to Cuba with what's her name, Wheat Molly. Got, Is it Molly? Got, got sucked back in. Yeah, got sucked back in and just left her hanging. So the, so we see that at the end, she's like and, you know still in Florida sweating. And we briefly got to see. Uh, Margaret moving the kids into oh, yeah. new, new apartments with uh, Rothstein that, that or whatever. Really, that was very nowhere. strange. Um, I don't. So yeah, I think I think that's everything. But yeah, it's a lot to me. That's yeah. a ton. That's so much stuff that got that got wrapped up. They wrapped it all up. I'm, I'm just surprised. I thought way more people were going to die. I thought for sure we were going to get an actual end to Chalky and Narcisse. I mean, I think it's it's pretty much over because I think yeah. now like Narcisse is basically an FBI care. I think it's very funny that the way that they handled. Knox slash Tolliver's death is like they are cl- like basically J. Edgar Hoover's a big old racist, and which I think is historically accurate. Yes, uh, and, and uh, is gonna it was gonna frame 
um, Narcisse for killing Tolliver rather than pinning it on Eli because he, you know, J. Edgar, J. Edgar Hoover never cared about the whole racketeering thing. Yep. Um, so he was going to pin it on, on Narcisse and instead is going to like use Narcisse to be an informant and like all of Knox and Knox, Knox's work is meaningless. Like, <laughs> which is kind of why he was going off the deep end in the first place was because it was pretty clear that J. Edgar Hoover did not give a shit about right. that stuff i thought his conversation with narcisse in jail was very good though the J. it seemed like jay jay Hoover was pretty much right in everything he was saying <laughs> when narcisse was actually acting holier than thou or whatever but he really is just like a yes that's true a pimp and a smack dealer yeah uh so yeah i was i was devastated for harrow i thought the you know chalky's daughter getting killed was very shocking moment like the way, i thought the way it pulled everything together was like really really good it's one of my favorite episodes i think of the show and it, like it ended and i was just like oh that's so devastating like everything about that was so devastating um so i yep. i'm interested to see where it goes for this short final season it's only an eight episode season but yeah it should be snappy i guess i thought it was like a huge comeback for the second half of the season was such a huge improvement over and it was, i think it's like it was, back it was to all the better than jip rosetti right <laughs> yeah and i had problems with the second season like the pacing of the second season so I, I think this is like as good as the show's been since season one. So a good end to season four, I thought. Mm. I thought it was fine. Less it was, impressed. It was, it was fine. It was not as bad as the Jip season, but what could be? Yeah, no, nothing's that bad. I haven't seen much TV that, that that's that bad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's that. Good. Yep. So oh, and, and Al is going to be running Chicago because Torio somehow didn't die after getting shot like 34 like, times in the <laughs> neck. Yeah, in the neck. And, uh, and he's like, oh, this is a young man's game now because I got shot in the neck and lived. Like, that's very weird. Anyways. <laughs> anyway, any, anything else? No, that's it for me. Well, thank you guys very much for listening and, and sorry for the long delay. But as was mentioned, I've I've been out of town. So you've been going to championship second tier England uh, soccer games. Yeah, need, to, need to see anytime you have an opportunity to see Millwall play. You got to do it. Against Barnsley, right? <laughs> Barnsley, who's relegated Barnsley. Terrible. All right, awful, just the worst. I think they're not technically relegated yet, but yeah. anyways, that game was certainly not competitive. Let's put it that way. Yeah, they're done. All right. Anyway, thank you guys very much, and we'll we'll talk to you in a couple weeks. Did you have you gotten past your massive spoilers that you found a few weeks ago, or is that like at the end of the episode? I'm not entirely convinced that they're massive spoilers because okay. I it was like suggested YouTube videos, and I'm not actually sure if they're saying about things that did happen or if they're. Ah, uh, you know, I, I got you. It's like some yeah. ghosts of Christmas future. That's shit. why you can never look at that shit on YouTube.